biggest year of them all closed down for a few days. Huh. Disney World. I'm sure Disney World isn't going to get flooded at all. Like, it's got, like, you know, Department of Defense level, like, steel. Oh, yeah. Titanium three-inch thick walls that come up around, like, the certain sections of the park or whatever. There were some people that were talking, um, that were, like, uh, park employees or something. They were saying, like, oh, yeah, we get, like, we work, like, these 72-hour shifts and we get, like, you know, quintuple overtime or something like that. Yeah. And, like, all we have to do is just, like, you know, barricade up part of the park and then, you know, we just, like, sit in the hotels and, like, entertain the guests occasionally. And then we, like, unbarricade it. And it's, like, we get paid, you know, fucking bank for it. You know, like... They're, they're saying the hotels are, like, one of the safest spots in Orlando, too, because it's just, like... Disney paid. doesn't want yeah. more dead people on their hands outside the crocodile that ate a baby. Oh, yeah, yeah. So... And outside of the Grand Floridian. I know exactly where that kid got eaten, too. We've walked right by there so many times. I mean, because I think we we stayed there like two times that I. Can I mean, remember. is it like a little swamp type area? Like, it's really nice actually. Like, it's kind of set up like um, the hotel itself is kind of like this. I don't know what you would reference it as. It's like this like mid century or like early twentieth century style like Florida mm-hmm. Grand Hotel and. There's like a big man-made lake that they have. Oh, and it was in there? Yeah. I don't know if the lake's actually man-made, but I know they kind of like sculpted it, and they have like a little beach around the whole thing that people like go down and play on and stuff. But Despite yeah. the like warnings of, hey, there's crocodiles in here. Well, now it's like they've got a barricade, so it's kind of ruins the whole thing. But I'm sure they've gone on like an alligator hunt after all this happened and like killed all of them. Or something like that's now on their schedule that they clear them out like every six months or something yeah. and make handbags out of them to sell to people at inflated prices. Like Mickey loves his alligator skin handbag. So. Yeah, probably. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Put it in your promise ring, you little Jonas Brothers facts. Christians still, are retarded. That's still a thing. Like promise rings. No. <laughs> I think that the Jonas Brothers were like the last time I heard about that, like okay. nine years ago or something. And I only heard about it on that uh, South Park episode. Okay. Let's get going. Are we going? Let's <clears throat> get going. Right now. Right now. Right now. Right now. We're back. Uh, Matt's dead, so he'll be back next week. Justin's here, though, so that's positive. We like Justin. Thank Justin, you. Justin, which episode are we on? 85. So close, 83. But today's a little bit of a different episode. We've had such a backlog of uh, exciting news that we just need to go through it and discuss. It's been a while. What about all the the great summer films that have come out that we should be reviewing? Like? And? You mean like Valerian? (laughs) (laughs) Bad films has never stopped us before. We'll get back to our regularly scheduled self-flagellation next week. We'll make Matt we'll make Matt whip himself until he bleeds on the podcast. It'll be an experience. But in the interim, there's plenty of shit to talk about. <clears throat> I know Grant got the email. You I know you have it. Yeah, I read none of it. Some of it. Justin did none of his homework. So let's let's start with Star Wars, unless you guys have an objection to starting with all the Star Wars shit. Go okay. for it. Okay. Well, as you know, the next wave of commercial diarrhea is due to spew out of Disney's asshole in December. The Last Jedi. I thought it was already coming out. Or maybe. I think it's in December. Okay. Because you got to get all those fucking kids who are off school. Right. It's the next last opportunity to make a billion dollars selling merchandise. You have to hit it on that week that most kids are out of school. You have to send your little slaves to crawl every district's website and find out when their holiday break is. And make like an average and, you know. Find the average to hit the kids in the areas that tend to view the films the most, you know, run the math. Have shipments arrive at different Toys R Uses depending on, you know, when schools are out. And there's going to be scarcities of some action figures and not others at certain locations to, you know, increase like fights in stores and things. They They want kids to want these. And they want the the forty year old guys who collect 
four at a time to no, want no, no. these. It's three at a time. It's because you you have one that you actually use and like, you know, play with. You have one that you can lend out and then one that you just have, you know, in mint condition. Or maybe that's like for video lend games. Lend it out? Okay, like that's for video games and it's from some obscure thing that nobody listens to this probably knows. So. <laughs> My experience with, with people collecting action figures is that they buy like four of them. Usually, like one to open up, two to keep in the box forever, and then one to like resell later because they think it's going to be like a hot to find item. None of these items are going to be hot to like. Have any of the things that came Justin, out? Justin, how can the... you say this is not going to be hot to find? Come on. Oh, so that is going to be the thing that like. It's only thirty nine ninety nine at Amazon. Amazon Prime two day shipping. It could be yours. Yeah. So what we're looking at here is like a. A random, cute-looking, <laughs> little mouse-looking like, thing. It's called know. a porg. Isn't it's he? the thing from the trailer with Chewbacca sitting next to it that Matt was talking about. How uh, the comic book for the movie tie-in virtual reality game reveals that Chewbacca likes to eat them. You know, like I would hate to be in like a writer's room or like you know anything for this, just because like you'll have like these Disney execs being like, "Hey, could we uh." Add something, you know, cute around, you know, this panel here. Or we need to get, you know, merchandising up. Just just add something cute there. I mean, of course, Luke has been spending all of his exile on a planet populated by cute creatures that make perfect toys. Of course. It's called a porg, right? Yeah. And the little ones are called porglets. Does Luke eat these too? I mean, you're saying he's on a planet entirely populated by these, so... Well, he's on the planet that has the first Jedi Temple, apparently, because, you know. The one on Coruscant wasn't enough. They don't keep records if, I guess, they lost their first temple. Whoops. Oops. What Wait. happens? He's on the, the first temple's there? Oh. Apparently, this is the original OG Jedi Temple. Okay. Back when Anakin was created at the beginning of the universe in an endless cycle to break free of the Matrix. Is that where this is going now? I don't know. Who's Supreme Leader Snoke, Justin? It's the architect. Is it Darth Plagueis? Did he survive the Emperor's betrayal? It's Luke. Do you is it Luke? Is it really Luke? Yeah. He's doing like a behind the curtain Wizard of Oz thing. Maybe it's Anakin. With his like dumpy ass burnt body. Yeah. The worst theory that I heard is that <clears throat> when Anakin died, he was so powerful that the good part went and joined the Force and showed up with Yoda at the end of Return of the Jedi, and then the bad negative energy got put into a new physical body, and that's why he's all Snoke is all fucked up looking. Oh, okay. Well, I was thinking he looked like Voldemort, but what are you going to do? I don't do? know, but whatever you know, the answer to that mystery is, It's going to cost you care. 40 bucks to find out. Or yeah, that too. Because the poor probably comes with a tie-in comic book that you can only get if you pre-order it now. Maybe he comes with an app that you have to download to like get all code. the yeah, to get yeah. all the features. You, you have, have to, to scan the his the back of the box to get a little snippet of the story. Do they really expect anybody except like super nerds to actually go and read the comic books and whatnot? Like I cannot imagine more than like one percent of people actually go and read all this like tie-in shit. Well, speaking of somebody who read a ton of Star Wars Expanded Universe novels when he was younger, I think a lot of kids get into this stuff. And they are kids are completionists, a lot of them, and they, they've got to get I it will all. say when I was younger, I did have a completionist itch for, you know, some things, but, you know, I've lost that. I've lost my passion. Try to kill yourself. I really should. Okay, well, Justin's going to kill himself and join That's Matt. That's the podcast for the week. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for joining us as the podcast. Um, no, seriously, though, who is going to kill himself? Is Colin Trevorrow there? Oh, or, the old director? Yeah, he got himself fired. Sucks. Yeah. I like the for him. You know who never got fired as a director? Who? George Lucas. Oh. He self-selected <laughs> out of the process for Empire and <laughs> Return of the Jedi. So apparently he's kind of an asshole according to this one unsourced industry quote, but um, how much of that is them planting shit though? I was going to say, this seems like a post exit team rat hit job. And I'm sure like his contract says like, Oh, well you 
never tell your side of the story if there are any disputes. So, or you lose that huge golden parachute that we'll give you. Yeah, I'm sure he's uh, he's been let go, <laughs> to put it mildly. So I don't understand. I feel bad for him, actually, because I don't think he's like one of the greatest, you know, no, directors No, the script he alive. wrote is unmanageable. Okay, but that's, that's uh, okay. So he's writing the script, or he was writing the script. I thought Lawrence Kasdan was writing all the scripts for all the movies now. I thought that was how it was going to go. Here's what one unnamed executive who has worked with Colin Trevorrow had to say about the filmmaker. And I quote, During the making of Jurassic World, he focused a great deal of his creative energies on asserting his opinion, but because he had been hired personally by Spielberg, nobody could say you're fired. Once that film went through the roof and he chose to do Henry, I guess the book of Henry, uh, Trevorrow was unbearable. He had an egotistical point of view and was always asserting that. When the reviews for Book of Henry came out, there was immediately conjecture that Kathy was going to dump him because they weren't thrilled with working with him anyway. He's a difficult guy. He's really, really, really confident. Let's call it that. So why did they choose him in the first place if they knew all this about him already? Because he didn't get announced until after um, Jurassic World came out. So if they had all this inside industry knowledge about what a difficult guy he was to work with. Why would they even choose somebody like that to helm the franchise that they need to keep steady because it's their cash well, it's, cow? It's interesting because it seems like based on what all of these quote unnamed insiders who totally know what's going on, i.e. secretaries and, you know, the people who work in the mailroom. Interns running around getting coffee and shit. Right. These are the people who fucking talk to movieweb.com. Uh, it looks like Kathleen Kennedy has her own view of how the franchise should be run, which is makes sense because they canned the Han Solo prequel directors and killed them. So it seems like what people, what these directors are coming in to do is say, I have a vision for this, and Disney slash Kathleen Kennedy saying, your vision is wrong, and then you're out. And now following that, you know, the two days later, unnamed industry sources start saying you're a cunt, basically. So it's basically just Disney actually putting this shit out, probably. I, slandering his It good seems name. that way. I mean, <laughs> the timing's really suspect. Otherwise, he gets fired, and then suddenly there's a, just a rash of interviews of people saying, yeah, he's a real asshole. Seems like the typical <laughs> hit job you do for somebody that you don't want to work with or want to quell contra. They did the same thing to those guys who just got fired from the other, the Han Solo movie. Yeah, that's what I mean. And they did the, like, well, they basically took the movie, they took Rogue One away from that Gareth, uh, Gareth Edwards. Edwards and had some other guy come in and reshoot half the movie. And that was played similarly. Yeah. I so, think that their standard practice is like... I don't really buy it, but I also did read a lot about the Book of Henry. Hmm. And I do think that it's a pretty safe bet to say that it's not a great movie. I'm thinking the, the way book I of took Eli, I don't know what the book of Henry is. The, okay, basically the story is that this woman Naomi Watts lives in a house with her like super genius autistic son and her other child. The super genius son figures out, one. yeah, the the super genius son figures out that his next door neighbor's daughter is being like sexually abused by her dad, and then he concocts a plan to to kill the evil dad. And then, like, the kid gets cancer and just dies, like, inexplicably in the, the movie. The autistic one? Yes. Okay. And then the mom, as a tribute to the kid, is going to fulfill his last wish and, and murder this evil dad from the next door. And then she decides at the end, no, I'm not going to do that. And That I, seems I like know. a bad movie. Yeah. And I don't know. It did not really resonate with many people is what. I'm still going to have to see it just to know for sure. Because I want to see if it's a train wreck or not, but apparently he had complete creative control over this. He wrote, directed, you know, did everything for this one, and like there, nobody was saying no. Oh, and it turned out like that. I mean, it's possible they signed him on as you know the director while he was still doing this movie, and then yeah, it bombed, and now they're just looking for an excuse at that point to get rid of him. Well, and I'm just wondering too, like we all saw Jurassic World. It wasn't that great. Had a lot of good CGI. I guess, but 
I didn't really, there was no story to back up all that CGI. Like it was just like two hours of CGI dinosaurs. And yeah, which you would have thought was part. perfect for the resume he needed for Star Wars. Yeah. But I mean, at least you need to have some kind of, you know, Return of the Jedi story, pretty much. That ends in a giant space battle. Yeah. Where CGI shit smashes into each other for three hours. I feel like Disney, like, at least wants to have, like, the facade of, like, a story. Like, even if it's just the same story they've already told before. Not just CGI, you know, Transformers smashing together. No story whatsoever. The, look, the decision ultimately about whether or not it's a good idea that they can this guy is going to be determined by who they hire to fill his slot. Because, exactly. Because if it's like, oh, we're going to have Ron Howard do this one too, then I'm a little less excited about Star Wars than even even more so than I am now. <laughs> well, I think that that's probably going to be down to whether or not J.J. Abrams comes back because that's the rumor is that J.J. is going to get back into the director's seat. The perfect toe the line, never you know question anything guy. The people, okay. yeah. I'd say the people in charge said we want uh, Return of the Jedi. Too. He's a safe. He's safe. Yeah. He, he brings the money. We told Rian Johnson here that he was going to die in a car accident if he didn't deliver the Empire Strikes Back. That, see, that's that's what <laughs> I, I that is what perplexes me about this whole series of events here because they made a huge deal about how they were hiring visionary directors to make their mark on the Star Wars universe and tell really interesting, unique stories, and then. On every single one of them, they've pulled back. Yeah, they've gotten gun shy on every single one of them. They fired the or taken it away from the person that they hired to do the creative thing, and then they gave it to somebody who's going to do like a you know kind of like a middle of the road, the studio picture basically. They gave it to somebody who they could reliably. They want people. They want a director who's a vending machine, basically. They want the Brett Ratner of. 2017 you just you put the salary in and the movie comes out there's no vision i I just think that i don't know maybe they're just pushing too hard too fast to have like all these star wars stories be told because they think like oh yeah look at the marvel universe look what we did with that we can do that with star wars and it seems like they're misreading their own playbook almost because they I don't think when anybody watched Iron Man that they really thought that that was going to be spawn like 30 movies or whatever it's been now. No, but don't you want to know the backstory of the waitress who walks by him and Sam Jackson in the donut uh, shop in Iron Man 2? No, I don't. But the thing about Marvel is that there are a lot of characters, there are a lot of characters to draw from that have their own titles and personalities and legacies. How can so, you not want to know the waitress's backstory in a three-part prequel? No. Star Wars is not like that, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, there's not a stable of like 35 to 50 characters that you can build a franchise. And you don't off have of. like 50 years of backlog of material where like these characters have been built up and their lore is already there. You're trying to. Yeah, and Disney explicitly went out and killed all of the, the lore that Star Wars say, built up. The, so. the lore they did have built up that would have served for some good story stuff is officially discounted. So Yeah, I mean, that's their own like fuck-up right there. That was really dumb, I think. It just seems like they just tried to move way too fast on Star Wars stuff, and now like is this is the pullback now because they somehow somebody figured that they made a mistake i'm not saying they actually did i don't I, maybe it's a good idea if we got a really different star wars movie we'll see in december i mean we won't no, we, we won't, won't see in december, december. <laughs> this is going to be the empire strikes back yeah. <laughs> you know and i really think that's what it's going to be because everybody that they've talked to and interviewed has been telegraphing that like every time they talk to one of the stars they all say like oh yeah it's going to be really dark and really dark that's pretty much all they say Stakes are going to be really high. It's going to be really dark. Mm-hmm. How much dark can you get before like you can't see anything? Get you your porg. Porgs. Get your porg. Yeah. I mean, no, but porgs are not dark. They're cute. Right? Yeah, get yeah, you your hug porgs. it in the theater when you're all scared. Right, when you're scared of Kylo Ren. When yeah. Adam Driver's <laughs> really mad. Yeah. I have to say, like, I think he is fucking goofy as hell. 
and I don't like Kyle Ren at all. I, I just, damn it, like, the man, I try to separate the the actor from the character. I don't know, Adam Driver as a person seems like a pretty cool dude. I mean, he was like a U.S. Marine and stuff. And yeah, I mean, I've seen yeah. interviews with him, and he's like really, you know, cool, down-to-earth type thing, but yet the character is just is like whiny teenager, and I just... Yeah, like we already saw that. We saw that like... 1999 to 2005, and we didn't like it. So why are you doing it again? Kylo is a whiny little bitch. Kylo's a loser. Um, all right, whatever. That's I said my piece on that. Star Wars: The Diarrhea Spigot continues unabated. Pretty much. You don't know, man. It could be all different. Um, wait, how much do they buy Star Wars from? Four billion. They, four billion. Four billion. Or, yeah. Do you think they've made that money back already? Yeah. I think they have. Yeah. So if they've made it back, I don't know. You can afford to like slow down a little bit, change your plans maybe. You can afford time. to do what they did with some of the other superhero properties, which notably Marvel has not gone down this road, but the two, I think, best comic book type movies that have come out as far as entertainment for me were The Wolverine, because it was hilarious, the one in Japan. Yeah, Disney awful. doesn't own that though. I know. I know, but I'm saying that the other, like, Fox has taken some risks with the characters they own, like uh, Logan, The Wolverine, and Deadpool, I'd say, are the three films that have gone, like, the most off the track mm-hmm. for them, and they've had the biggest rewards. So I understand why they don't want to do something, like, crazy with their main story ones, but does the Han Solo prequel have to, it just, it's, sounds like it's going to be a goofy, fun time film where he is trying to capture CGI blobs of shit that escape in his cargo bay. Yes, it does, because you can sell feet or little fuzzy blobs of shit. I know, but it's frustrating because Han Solo should be drinking and womanizing and cheating people and stealing from them and being an unlikable guy. I mean, he honestly <laughs> is unlikable when you first see him. So I don't see why they're going down this cutesy road. I mean, I haven't read too much about it, but... That's what they're doing. Then that's what's confusing. Like Han Solo should be an unlikable guy, and the Boba Fett film should be about a guy who just mercilessly kills people or delivers them. Which honestly isn't that interesting. But I mean, Boba Fett isn't that interesting of a character. He's not, but I'm sure He's they like could make lines. him one. Like, okay, I'll deliver him. Neat. Bye. It's true. I don't see how you can build a movie off that dude. Whatever. I think they could if they ha- if they. Take, if, I'm saying they can take a chance there because there's a character that nobody's going to be like, actually, Boba Fett, I believe, is uh, six foot two. You got his, his height wrong. I triangulated it. You know, like there's, but it's the same problem that you keep talking about. I mean, they're talking about doing Obi Wan Kenobi movie now, which, you know, okay, fine. Obi Wan Kenobi is a major Didn't character. Did he have his movies already? I guess. <laughs> I mean, right, you, we've, we meet him when he's like a young. He's supposed to be a young man, end of Padawan, or whatever. No, no, no. He's a fucking exile in the new movie on Tatooine, and he has adventures where he goes off world. But what I'm saying is that we already met him as a young man, and we already know him how he dies, so the only thing left is, like, what did he do for 20 years? Which, really, we know what he did. He just he sat around and watched scared sand over people. Luke. And, and, yeah, scared, scared sand, sand people. people. Captain Eye on Luke, and sat in his fucking mud hut like that was his whole point of staying there was to be low-key and hide out yeah if he's going off saving the universe or something that seems a little you know but he has a lot of screen time unlike boba fett who i think has a combined like less than 15 minutes of total screen time between and that's two, screen two time movies. he's like <laughs> standing in the background probably you know eight of those minutes yeah and he really doesn't do anything i mean he gets I think his biggest action scene is when he fucking gets killed in Return of the Jedi. I mean, yeah. like, <laughs> he's a cool-looking character. Give him that, but yeah. Yes. It's just he, he makes cool toys. He's got some mystery, too. Again, because he doesn't talk, and right. he looks cool. Like, I guess that's a mystery there, but still. What a, you know what? I Maybe I'm, I'm crazy, but like a, a Dread-style movie where he doesn't take the helmet off and just, like, is a merciless killer and does what he's hired to do. That actually be. That's what I was thinking though, that, you know, some of these star Wars standalone movies are doing that. No, they would be so much better if they did it like that, where 
it wasn't some like you know big galactic thing where like we you know we got to blow up you know we got to steal the plans for the thing that's going to blow up the world or whatever or you know somebody doesn't have a huge bomb that they're going to blow up a planet with or something but it's just like a a smaller movie with a defined goal endpoint like dread is unlike judge dread where they do the whole like you know the guy has like the macguffin thing to to get rid of everybody or to cause mayhem whereas dread is just like okay there's a drug dealer we gotta take her out she's in the building let's have fun killing a bunch of people that's what i mean boba fett I'm hiring you. I'm a fat job of the hut. I'm hiring you to take down this rival crime syndicate. Cue two hours of him shooting people. Yes. There is nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong right. with that. I mean, and that like fits entirely with everything we've been told about his character. Bloodless CGI. Yeah. He's a... Well, no, there'll be like purple blood and shit for like the weird. That's alien the thing, though, movies. is I don't think Disney will ever. They might let them put R.R. in a Marvel movie after seeing how Fox has gotten away with it, but I don't think they're ever going to let them put R on a Star Wars movie. No, I think PG. They're not going to do an R on Marvel movies, not the core movies that they have, even if it's a side character. I think, I think there's, I think it's unlikely they will, but there's, I think there's a higher chance they'd agree to an R-rated Marvel movie than a Star Wars one. No, maybe there's, I don't know the Marvel universe that well enough to and what they own that I mean, there would be of, like an r-rated uh, a character that would benefit from an r-rated movie there's plenty of shit they could use but i think star wars is they've have they branded it so well as like a, appeals to every category in this scientific calculated manner thing that yeah it's like popcorn movie at this point it's yeah uh, speaking of uncreative commercial diarrhea let's talk about seth mcfarlane Transition. Did you watch the Orville, Justin? No. <laughs> Are you going to? <laughs> you tell me I should, and this is like a contractually obligated thing I need to watch for this. And yeah, okay, I'll watch it. I mean, Otherwise, this is like uh, it, it's the the Star Trek parody show, right? Yeah, I mean, everything I needed to know about Seth MacFarlane, I learned on uh, Family Guy. To paraphrase the bumper sticker is it like all his writing and jokes this is what the review says or the reviews is i checked down you didn't some watch more. it i did not watch it i'll tell you oh, why it was because it. it's premiering tonight oh right okay. it's not <laughs> i didn't even, I don't even know what that <laughs> it's not on tv yet but the early reviews seem to indicate that it is seth mcfarland's multi-million dollar um Ego trip, cosplay. I guess like, yeah. But I used ego trip because of the Total Recall reference. It just seems like this is his fantasy about being Captain Kirk. Mm. Is what a lot of these reviews seem to get at. Is that the show is not actually a parody like Galaxy Quest. It's not actually like meant to be like funny. He's trying to have a retelling of the Star Trek magic in his own, you know. Peter Griffin punches a chicken for 30 minutes and you spit milk out of your mouth laughing kind of thing. Some of the earlier chicken fights are entertaining. I will say that. Literally the first one was entertaining. And right. then after that it was... Right. Just amorphous blobs on their couches at home with trucker hats perched yeah. on their heads. It's like, a, a chicken! I'm not, I'm not gonna Ooh, like yeah. say I never liked Family Guy because I've watched it. I've seen a lot of it. I don't watch it anymore. But there are some legitimately funny things that they did in that show, especially the earlier seasons. You try and watch it now, and it's just painful. Well, like, okay, the episode where he um, starts his own public access TV station, PTV, that was hilarious. The one where he, like, declares his own house like a sovereign state, that's funny. The one where he pretends to, like, be, like, developmentally disabled (laughs) is funny. Um they do limo jousting in one of them, which is hilarious. Uh, the par- the the pirate thing, where he has the parrot, and he goes around like swashbuckling people, or like I think that was the first episode where they put out like the roadhouse meme, which was funny the first time. So they have done some funny things, but it's it's spent, and that's why like they had the same show, Family Guy, The Cleveland Show. American, American Dad. Dad, they're all the same show, really. 
as far as I can tell. I mean, yeah, he's obviously he's he sold the same show three times to the same network, so yeah. he's clearly got some kind of creative. And he has power. done some cool stuff, like he produced the um, the revival Cosmos series from a couple years ago, which was good. But well, I mean, producing is different from you know writing, directing, acting, whatever. Well, he was titles are on this show. Yeah, I mean, he was really involved in that, and it was a good series, but had more to do with like the science and Neil deGrasse Tyson than him, I think. So I'm not, I'm not a Seth MacFarlane hater, but I don't really love stuff that he does too much either. I think the only good movie he's made is uh, the first Ted movie. That was funny. Especially where, where they encountered the, uh, what's his name? Flash, the guy who played Flash Gordon in the, at the party. And then he says like, Hey, have you guys ever done cocaine? <laughs> that, that was hilarious. I can't remember what the guy's name is, but yeah. It's the guy who plays that bounty hunter dude on Stargate, Aris Bach. Oh, remember no that shit. guy? Uh, it's the same guy played Flash Gordon in the movie. Oh. And that's the guy who comes out because like Flash Gordon is their hero in the movie and they do cocaine with that guy. And that's that's pretty funny, but you know, whatever. Um, well, fuck Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. I'm actually more critical of the reviewers who write these things because I wonder if the show had been like really, really dark and dystopian, if they would like it more, I bet they would have, they just can't deal with something that's like a, even if it's a comedy tongue in cheek thing that has a positive outlook on the future. Like if Star Trek next generation premiered today, I think people would shit all over it. Because, well, it's not our world we live in. Well, what about I'm, Donald Trump? Where's he in this show? I'm going to take a look at it. But I just don't think that it's going to... It's not going to have the same depth as the other Star Treks, I think. Seth MacFarlane seems incapable of that. It'll probably be a one season and done. Just guessing. Well, I read a lot of the... what The thing I do agree with in the in the review is that because I can see him doing this is that a lot of the points that he's trying to make or like dramatic plot lines, like get undercut by the one liners and the deadpan comedy that is known for in family guy and the non sequiturs, the references. Yeah. yeah. The references. Justin is shaking his head in case you can't hear that. Oh, I remember other family guy. Funny thing. Remember when he made the, the, the the machine to feed himself breakfast and it accidentally like it ends up just pulling a trigger and a gun and shooting him in the shoulder. <laughs> oh, it was one of those uh Rube Goldberg machines. Rube Goldberg, yeah. <laughs> and it's supposed to make him breakfast and it shoots him with a revolver in the shoulder. <laughs> I laughed too much at that one, but Justin. What how much has the Transformers movie franchise Roast since 2007. Since 2007, shit. I thought you were going to say the last movie, which I actually think I remember that number from the article. Okay. A uh, billion something? I don't know. Close. 710 million. Can you believe that? All the movies? The franchise, yeah. It's been, this has been a reliable cash cow in China. So seven hundred ten million world box office. Is that seven hundred ten in China? I think it's seven hundred ten million dollars gross around the world. Definitely because uh, that seems really low for around the world. That seems right for China though. I think in this case the world is mostly China and India. But imagine a Bollywood Transformers. Where they dance. Yeah. Sing songs and stuff. That'd be great. And no violence. I, I thought they had guns and stuff in Bollywood <laughs> movies. I think it's they have tight controls on violence and sexual material in movies. So like women can't do anything sexy in their movies except like dance. That's it. So the Age of Extinction did really well in China. This is an article about uh, how the pandering to China is actually not making Hollywood any money anymore. Oh yeah, I read that one. Yeah. So it's interesting because the Transformers franchise is what they took as like their case study here. 
And despite having a big <coughs> attempt at a premiere, the last night, which is the one that we reviewed. Can we do them all? The most recent one we reviewed. <laughs> it's grossing about $100 million less than the one before that, Age of Extinction. And the Chinese companies that took equity stakes to produce the film, I guess, aren't seeing the value that they got out of it. But it's interesting because they've put so much, they've, I don't know, science fiction has in many ways been co-opted by the Chinese market now. Anything that's vaguely like a spectacle film, especially that involves sci-fi, because it's an excuse for lots of graphics and shit, is... So, the thing I never understand, and I don't think the article really explained it that well, is like, okay, you can have like Chinese co-financers on movies, that's like no big deal, but why do you need to like shoehorn in those product placements for Chinese things. That's what I never understood. Because they pay you to. But, I don't so know. Those are your co-financiers. Yes, but it, it just seems out of place. And they mentioned in the article it seemed out of place. Like, they had Chinese audiences laughing at Mark Wahlberg drinking, like, Chinese milk or something in, like, Pennsylvania somewhere. Which I'll agree with. I don't think there's many, like, you know, niche Asian markets near him. Scientifically calculated to appeal. Okay, whatever. I mean, I guess it's just as, like, ridiculous as, you know, when there's, like, a giant Bud Light truck that, like, overturns and, you know, he cracks one open in the middle of the street. So. I mean, it's not, it's not confined to Transformers because the other thing I wanted to talk about is that this is the slowest Labor Day weekend for movies in 20 years. Sucks for Hollywood. Hollywood has had a terrible summer, and they are not making any money. Well, just go through the list of those movies you guys were referencing at the beginning. All those great movies that came out. Well, I mean, uh, The Mummy was a flop. Um, Ghost in the Shell was a flop. I guess it didn't even make back its budget, so that's kind of a... It was terrible. Oh, did you watch it? Well, we were talking we were going to review it, so I actually went to go see it. But then, yeah, it was bad. Okay. I mean, there's nothing but the anime. Summer box office tracking to miss the $4 billion mark for the first time since 2006. So there you go. It's terrible, and I think it's kind of related to what we were talking about earlier, is that a lot of these movies suck, to put it, Simply, yeah, I mean, like, there's not much you can say other than that. It's and a lot of them suck because, in the same way that Star Wars is being calculated to appeal to like a Western North American audience, for except for when they edit the black guy to be small in the poster for Asia, I think that these other movies are trying to appeal to like literally everybody in the world, yeah, which that's... involves them being produced to Tom Cruise, the mummy. <laughs> I don't get it, but they're losing all their money. So hopefully Hollywood's going to wake up. They'll just hire more indie, you know, filmmakers and hopefully, you know, they give them, you know, 200 grand and hopefully they'll make them millions. They'll hire more indie filmmakers and then fire them for having a vision. Well, no, they'll just give them a super small budget and say, hey, make a shoestring movie and, you know, you actually tell a good story and then we'll... They all make a second one, third, fourth, and then they'll start sucking again. All the studios do have like those offshoot subsidiaries where they do like smaller movies, but I just don't see a lot of stuff coming out of those. What are they like Fox Searchlight and Disney used to have Miramax and Lionsgate or something? Yeah. But I haven't really heard much about them. Landscape Torment. Maybe they've just been spending all their money on, you know, these big name movies like Star Wars and whatnot. And Well, that's what I was thinking. It's like, how many sequels come out each year? How many superhero movies come out each year? Many, how many, well, I mean, how many like, big budget animated movies come out for kids? I think there's actually more of those than you would think. Just because, like, a lot of them are probably straight to DVD bullshit and, you know, crappy, you know, Thomas the Tank movies or whatever, Train. 
but every year you see like they they spend like a huge like wad of their cash every year like bringing out some you know like frozen sequel or what was I mean, the last they... one that like the movie last christmas was that sing movie about all the animals singing i saw it like so much because there's so many fucking commercials for like four months straight yeah i mean like you've got like so much of that stuff and then like i think that i read somewhere that it's recovering but a few years ago like the market for spec scripts was the lowest it's ever been so there were only there were like less than 50 total spec scripts sold in hollywood or something like a few years ago, which is like, that's why you're not getting any original movies right there. Cause most of the, the writing jobs seem like they're either like for a sequel or they're on contract for, from like an existing studio project or something. And I mean, that's, I think a reason why uh, the other thing I wanted to talk about just real briefly, something that you guys didn't watch it is that dark matter got killed by sci-fi. I watched one episode. <clears throat> is that the one where they wake up with amnesia, or is that another thing? That's, That's dark. Now you're right. Yeah. Okay. So. Okay. Original I, I, idea of something that hasn't been adapted or explored before, and it. Uh, I didn't really find it that interesting, though. So. Great. There's original ideas. I mean, maybe this was uh this wasn't a winner, but it made it three seasons, which is interesting. Is usually the shows that don't capture many people's imagination don't last to the second season. I feel like sci-fi, Siffy, whatever the fuck they're calling them post now, or Siffy. A little more forgiving, I guess, just because, like, they kind of have a lot of trash on there generally, so when they have yeah. something that's, like, a shiny turd, like, they'll keep it around a little longer. I mean, they definitely removed all of their... They removed all of their good stuff, I think. They removed all of, like, uh, they killed Stargate to have shitty stuff like Eureka and everything like that. They just had a bunch of garbage ideas that they put on top of the working ideas. Mm-hmm. So I think the, net, the net network is maybe a special case because it's just fucked up permanently, but I don't know. There's a, I wanted to talk about that because it's a, an attempt to have a new franchise, new idea, and it, it's been canceled. Well, they, so, I mean, what is their lineup right now? They've got, they've got, um, Killjoys, which they said they're only going to renew it for two more seasons. So that's, that's going to end. Original lineup now consists of Killjoys, The Expanse, uh, Twelve Monkeys, Z Nation, Winona Earp. Winona Earp. Oh, there's a twelve Twelve Monkeys TV show. Yeah, I think yeah. it's in its third season now. Based off the movie. Yes. I know the movie was kind of self-contained. I don't know where you fit a series into. I mean, it. I, I mean, I sort of know the plot to it. I've never seen it before, but like, yeah, I, I always have heard it's a good movie to watch, and that was it. Like, it's not like, a, oh, I want to know more about it. It's weird. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Van Helsing, Channel Zero, and Blood Drive. Yeah. See, like a lot of those feel like filler shows to me because I read that article you sent and. I in the comments there were just so many people complaining about how they they killed dark matter but they keep things like Winona Earp. <laughs> I don't get so like clearly a lot of people are really dissatisfied with or at least people who comment on internet <laughs> message boards are really dissatisfied with I don't know at least some of their shows in their lineup and I know that Channel Zero thing is just basically like they take a creepy pasta and they make a series out of it each year. Like they did the last one was Candle Cove. Yes. No, 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 no. I just thought of a good idea that, you know, some network exec is going to pick up now. Okay. Um, have you ever read those uh, creepy pastas that are like the containment unit stories or whatever, the CSP things? Mm, no, I don't read much of this stuff. I, oh. This, like, hearing about this show made me investigate it, and I found okay. this stuff out, but. I mean, like, there's, like, this whole wiki of just people who write creepypastas about, like, oh, like, this scientist tried to, you know, contain this beast or whatever, and, you know, anybody that goes in there, you know, starts ripping out their eyes, even though it's, like, standing in the corner or something. I, I think the only one I was really familiar with was Jeff the Killer or something. <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> Billy goes to the circus, obviously, is the 
long form creepypasta of choice that they should adapt. But Billy Goats of the Circus? Billy Goes to the Circus. Billy Ghost. Okay. Goes. Billy Goes to the Circus. Okay. Yeah. Um, I was laughing because it says that one of their upcoming things here, which I didn't know about, is uh, Ghost Wars with Vincent D'Onofrio as one of their series that they're launching this fall. See, that's another thing. I heard Dark Matter was very expensive. Ghost so Wars. <laughs> are they canceling some of their shows to pay the salaries of like Vincent D'Onofrio? And I know they've got another show with like one of the, some dude who used to be on Law and Order. Is that a reality show, Clark? I'm trying to find out more about it. <laughs> I mean, it would be amazing if it were Ghost Wars. The thing about the Sci-Fi Channel, if you guys have watched it lately, they've been doing this big marketing campaign to celebrating the last 25 years of the Sci-Fi Channel. So they're like doing this really conscious thing where they're trying to connect everything they're doing now back to like all the glory days from years past where they actually had like good sci-fi shows on there. Oh back- my God, yeah. this sounds great. I take it all back. Set in a remote Alaskan town that has been overrun by paranormal forces, the series is focused on local outcast Roman Mercer, who must overcome the town's prejudices and his own personal demons if he is to harness his repressed psychic powers and save everyone from the mass haunting that's threatening to destroy them all. All right, so what happens after he fixes the mass haunting? Starring, what is season two? Starring <laughs> Vincent D'Onofrio, Kim Coates, Avon, Jogia, Kristen Lamon, and Meatloaf. 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, so okay, so they're definitely paying some one. hefty salaries here. <laughs> going to have to watch is that Is Meatloaf one. really a hefty salary But anymore? Vincent D'Onofrio. I mean, I can't imagine that that guy is going to work for cheap. It, Meatloaf. Perfect. Two thumbs up. Just like uh, Formula 51 had Meatloaf in it, so it was a great movie. That's right. Anywho, that's all I wanted to talk about as far as media. I just wanted to ask you what you thought of the SpaceX spacesuit prototype. Looks like a Daft Punk suit. Apparently it works, though. What do you mean? Like... Like, I guess you actually have dexterity in this one instead of, like, big NASA suit where you have to have special tools. Yeah, so they double vacuum tested it. Cool. Neat. Hot JPEG, I guess. I mean... Works for me. And the only other thing I wanted to talk about that was news is that uh, GE has hit uh, 98% efficiency for their... um, You guys read that one? Yeah. I was actually... I mean, it sounded like it was a um, an engine for airplanes, right? Turbine engine, yeah. It is neat, I guess. I mean, if right. they can have these like new engines that are more fuel efficient, like, well, the the uh, electric motor, it's a ninety eight percent efficient process to take the waste heat or to take the waste uh, like exhaust or energy from the jet engine and transfer it to electricity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now they can achieve a 98% transfer of whatever the engine puts out. They can use that potential energy for electric applications. So this is from one F110 turboprop or turbofan engine that they yeah. have. And they were able to generate like one megawatt of electricity by reducing all the waste in that. Whereas a, a current Boeing Dreamliner 787 has to have like a whole ton of lithium ion batteries to generate 1.5 megawatts that occasionally catch on fire yeah and yes. that don't it the other thing is that this doesn't have waste heat so a one megawatt motor produces 20 kilowatts of waste heat versus 100 under the old inefficient model yeah so what this article is saying ultimately is that this uses it's like a boeing seven it's like a big 700 series airliners output for the generators they have on there for all the shit they run out of an engine that goes on a little jet fighter. So this opens the door to practical uh, laser stuff on airplanes. What? Laser weapons? Laser pew-pews. Oh, okay. It's going to generate enough electricity off the engine to pew-pew lasers. They demonstrated two things, right? They got, they got, they withdrew all that power from that engine, and they also demonstrated a, um, like an electric motor that could turn a propeller at like the needed speed to generate like thrust to 
hold like a range of airliners up or something. Uh, it would like, work for like a, all like military and commercial and freight. Yes, for their their hybrid system, they're yeah. investigating for larger jets. So that means that like theoretically, in ten twenty years, you could have hybrid like seven forty sevens. Yeah, Hopefully. and they could use well, like half the fuel. I mean, the thing about this story versus you know all the other, you know, oh well, scientists found you some engine that seems to use less energy or whatever and it's not like backed by you know a ge type company or d already has their hands on this and you know they already have their workers like okay well we figured this out great let's run with it so you'll actually see applications of this most likely you know 10 15 years or whatever probably. which is great because i mean it does take a while to develop engines what if your airplanes could start using the other excess energy they have to capture it and turn it into electricity, not only to charge your laptops so you can watch your porn while you fly, but also to drive the engines and do other fun hybrid stuff? I've never been on a plane where somebody's been watching porn next to me. I feel like it'd be awkward, though. You know, that's why you could get one of those 3M privacy filters so people who are to the side of you can't see. Dustin, I don't think you've been flying with the right people. Haven't you seen all these videos of people like banging each other in seats on airplanes and stuff? I have seen some of those videos, and I'm just like, seriously, like it's pretty obvious what you're doing here. Not being sneaky at all. uh, You didn't get invited to Jeffrey Epstein's private island? Who? (laughs) Never mind. Never mind, Justin. Yeah, I'm not in the Cool Kids Club. Okay. So, Ghost in the Shell next week? <laughs> if you really want to. I mean, it's been a while Ghost, since I watched Ghost it. Ghost in the Shell? Matt will probably enjoy it. I know he's a big weeaboo. All right. We watch Ghost in the Shit. Are we watching both of them, or are we watching just one? Got this side. Watch Scarlett Johansson's version. Okay. I hear it's awful. Yeah, I just said that. <laughs> I know. I heard it from a trusted reviewer. He has a little like red tomato symbol next to him, certified. Okay. All right. 